The following is a fourth-hand production. This laser can burn through half an inch of steel in a fraction of a second. Few substances can survive such blasts of energy. Yet if the claims of this former hairdresser are true, he holds the secret to a formulation that appears to defy science. He calls his invention Starlight. So a guy had a plastic that could have revolutionized the world and saved countless lives, but he kept it to himself, my kind of meat sack. Stay tuned as the losers discuss Starlight next, on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. 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 Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that's never created an indestructible material. But we're pretty sure we've had them at the movies. This is Hysteria 51. Milk duds. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> they, you cannot get them out of your teeth. Oh, man. Or your braces, God forbid. Oh, I'm indestructible. No. Thank all that is holy. That is not true. (laughs) That is not true. We are broadcasting (laughs) from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. We are your hosts and lead scientists in this case, Brent Hand, and I'm John Goforth. Now, Brent, tonight we are talking starlight. Starlight. Starbright. First material I see tonight. See what I did there? I do, and I wish you hadn't. Uh, It's an alleged plastic material invented by a hairdresser that could withstand the temperature of a nuclear blast. So roughly... Roughly what my mom used to put on her head when she sat underneath that thing. That thing, <laughs> that yes. That thing. Everyone knows With rollers. That thing. Yes. Uh, this, but it begs probably the most important question. Have you seen The Absent-Minded Professor? Now, John, I believe you mean Flubber, our focus group show that kids don't like it when you reference inane 1960s movies. They like it better when you reference inane 1990s movies. <laughs> Remember, we, we paid out of pocket to find for that, that out. focus group. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I do. I get it. I offered to pay for a fuck us group, but you losers said no. <laughs> <sighs> Enough, Seabot. I, and I understand what the focus group is saying, but I just have a hard time ignoring Fred McMurray. He was, he was, he was a great actor, and I will also add one hunk of a man. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> In fact, a little comic trivia for you here. Do you know that CC backbase Captain Marvel's appearance on McMurray? That's wow. No, I didn't. But that's You're really welcome. that's it's actually not surprising. He was let's call him a stallion. He almost could have been in the new scene. He was so handsome. He was. <laughs> you know. You know what he kind of looked like. Um, did you watch Heroes? Of course. Uh, Zachary Quinto, I think is how you say Quinto. Last Quinto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the guy who took powers. Yeah. 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 He. Uh, and he's been in a ton. Of, he was in yeah. American Horror Story and a bunch of other things. He. He kind of looked in his prime. He kind of looked like him. Okay. Anyway, yeah. also, little known fact about McMurray, if you ever drink wine, there's a brand, it's made by uh, Ernest and Julio Gallo, called McMurray Ranch. Mm, one it's, of the finest boxes in the fridge. It, <laughs> it's not a box. <laughs> uh, it's grown on McMurray's actual ranch. Uh, his daughter lives on that ranch in a cabin that McMurray built himself. Enough flirting with the dead. You girls want to get on with it? That other voice you're hearing. The third host of this show, and the only one without opposable thumbs, the one and only Conspiracy Bot. I built Seabot in my lab to help produce this dumpster fire, and instead he just adds fuel to the flame. 
See what I did there? And speaking of flame, see what I did there? <laughs> We're talking inflammable materials tonight called Starlight that if I had access to would never put on Conspiracy Bot. You need to be able to take care of the things if the time ever arises, one should right. say. If, you if know. Skynet becomes sentient. We don't right. need, you know, and I'm impervious to fire. Yeah, not a, not a good add-on. Whatevs. You meet sacks are just about the easiest thing in the world to kill. I'm not worried. By the way, I made you a drink. Want some? I promise on GoForth's life it won't kill you. No thanks, Toaster. But speaking of drinks that made you sick and juice... <laughs> We got a special returning guest. That is right, Brent. Let's welcome back to the lower fourth a guest that needs no introduction and a return that is taking too long. Mr. Kevin Crispin. Wow. Man, speaking of drinks that make you sick, man, I it's like I've thrown up around you. Was that really one time, it's like Kevin? like Frank Sinatra said. Yeah. You only live once, but if you do it right. Once is enough. Once is enough. <laughs> he also said, you die your way, I'll die mine. That's a great quote, right? He also said, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. That's a fair point. And the day I threw up on everybody here <laughs> was the day after Hulk Hogan's birthday. Oh, shit. Well, you were celebrating then. Yeah, I did. Oh, you went on a tear for Terry. <laughs> Damn right. One of my anyway, childhood heroes. Anyway, this is Oasis, brother. <laughs> Guys, before we get into tonight's topic, Starlight, question about it. Spelled S-T-A-R-L-I-T-E. I don't know if you know this, but if you make something, you can call it whatever you want. Like conspiracy but why? Why? Why would you? Well, that's when eight letters. A, that's very... I like eight. When you're a hairdresser, you don't let alliteration or Wait, anything like that get back in your up. way. Sorry. Hairdresser? You're going to find out a little bit about our inventor, Morris. He was a hairdresser. That wasn't alliteration. Hey, you don't know. You don't know anything. You don't know about what it. happened. You don't know. You didn't get to reverse engineer it. You don't so, know. So I'm just saying, Starlight is what not if, spelled that way. What if it's spelled that way because it has actual ties to the actual formula, and no one's thought about it that way? Or maybe it's it's great taste and less filling. And it's less filling, yeah, right? Miller Lite. Yeah. Miller Lite. All right, fair enough. Let's. Starlight. Now that we've solved it, Mark. Yeah, let's let's talk what this is. So we're here to talk what it is. So imagine a piece of plastic that's malleable. You're able to bend it in all directions. You can shape it, and it has a small charred mark on one side that's about the size of a coin. Now the charred mark, guess what? It's from a nuclear blast. That is all the damage it would have sustained. Starlight, the material, if it was exposed to nuclear blast. A charred mark. They actually bombarded it at one of NASA's labs with the Hiroshima bomb, roughly 75 times of it, and all it did was char it. So, it, does this explain the uh, refrigerator in Kingdom of the Kingdom? Yeah, Crystal so the, Skull? did you see on the front, <laughs> it, it was Starlight slash Frigidaire. Oh! Yeah. All right, that's now my second favorite. <laughs> Such a good point. But not only did this come out, when it came out, it sent the scientific world into a frenzy. And it came, like I said, from a former hairdresser. He claimed that he invented this miraculous new material, and it was literally unlike we, anything we'd seen on Earth. It wasn't to say the first thing that was you know unable to be burnt or anything like that. Right, we it wasn't had some toxic. materials. It wasn't toxic. Right, that was a lot of the thing. a lot of the fireproof materials or mm-hmm. fire retardant materials that we have, if they burn, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, create noxious fumes that can kill you. Right. So he alone. Claims to hold the secret to this material that appears to defy science. And that's the he big alone thing. can fix it. it. It literally appears to defy science. And this hairdresser has a name. His name is Morris Ward. Now, if you're going to Google him, it's spelled 
Maurice. Or if you're my uncle, Morse. Just Morse. <laughs> yeah, Morse. My uncle Morse. Yeah, no, but I mean, yeah, it was a different time. They, well, they it was announced. a different time when uh, <laughs> there weren't syllables. If you're catching on, we see that in a lot of things, and that's just our new excuse for anything. Yeah. It's a different, it was it different was a, time. It was a different time. Oh, so you're racist? Well, it's a different time. Yeah. So Morse was an amateur scientist and skipped right over that one. plastic inventor. And the claims of its heat resistance of would have, could have, revolutionized the world of space travel, medicine, transportation, fire, fighting. I mean, you name it. And he literally became an overnight sensation. And he became an overnight sensation because this isn't one of those things like the water battery where some somebody makes claims. Yeah, no, he literally. And it can never be proven. You can't see it work. Said, Come on out. We'll test it. I just got to be mean, there. I mean, it was on television. We'll get into that more. But he, he, he would, anyone who wanted to come watch it. And and try it out for themselves could and tests were ran. Did they take it, it home with them though? Uh, they could they not. Could not. Uh-huh. And it, the tests were ran and it passed with flying colors. But Ward was determined to protect his baby and not share the formula. Which that gets we're going to get into that too, and that bothers me because of the reasons why. But he refused to to let anyone you know have his formula. All tests were done under his supervision. No samples were let out of his sight, even when NASA and the world's industry leaders were all requesting samples to begin independent tests with. Well, would you really give an organization that's acronym was never a straight answer? <laughs> no, no. They yeah. can't get past the firmament. What are they going to do with it? You know <laughs> what exactly I mean? right. Yeah. Well, may- maybe they need it to get past the firmament. Ooh. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so all tests were done under his supervision, like we said. They didn't get it out. And in 2011, he died never making his fortune off it or sharing the formula with the world. So was it greed that did this? Was it short-sightedness? Was it an elaborate hoax? All those things have been brought up. A lot of people will go down all those roads. And that's what we're going to try to to answer this week on Hysteria 51 after our first break. Ooh, there you go. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users... David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and Mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. 
have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network, and you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Unwanted family guests are like fish. They start to stink after three days. So what's the best mattress for them this holiday season? Definitely not a nectar. Then they'll never leave. Flip those fish your old mattress and put your human body on a nectar. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. A fresher deal than your mackerelly mother-in-law, right? Go to Nectarsleep.com today. Intermission. <laughs> Not quite the same. Oh man! So we were talking about a hairdresser, more starlight, Ford, star starlight. Bright. First mysterious material I see tonight. I wish we could find it because I, you know what? what? I would let the world have it for a nominal fee. one billion dollars all right so let's talk morse ward and who he actually was so he was an english inventor best known as we said for the invention of starlight the thermal shielding material and a former 
hairdresser in Hartlepool, England. I, I believe I'm saying that right. Uh, just tried a, a a a British snack uh, for the first time. That's that's fairly polarizing uh, over in the old UK. Mm. Tastes kind of like Vegemite or Marmite, right? That's yeah. what it's coated yep. in. Twiglets. How I haven't had it. How salty Twiglets? was it? Twiglets. It wasn't incredibly salty. It now, was. You know, I'll eat. I eat Vegemite some. I eat it on on grilled cheeses. I don't like a lot of it. And I've never had Marmite, but I believe they're they're both you know yeast extract. Right, right. You know, I wouldn't say it was incredibly salty. I mean, like you know, finger salty snack foods all have a certain amount of sodium to them, but it, it didn't feel a ton more salty than than anything else, like Doritos or anything else. What it did, it, it had this weird flavor to it that I I liked the the Marmite flavor, but it also had this like a uh, burnt flavor. Like if you took a a pretzel. And cooked it too long, and it, and it developed like a black outside. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost like it was cooked too long. Oh wow! And and they're all like now, that. Do me a favor, compare. You've had Vegemite. Now you've had this Marmite stuff, and uh, compare them both to the soy sauce at the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet that we go to. The exact same. They're the exact same. <laughs> Literally, you know how you know how. Um, I think the soy, soy sauce, sauce is, is chunky. You know how soy sauce is very salty. Anyway, I shit you not. I swear to God, they're in the back just pouring salt in these. The first time he took me there, I had it. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I want to go to this place. I'm a big salt food fella. Yeah, man. The, this <laughs> now too. I went back and I was ready for it and I liked it, you know. And I don't ever order anything but the uh, low sodium. Yeah, like it's it's like super saturated. You asked the first time. I think the first time I asked them for low sodium, uh, they laughed at me. <laughs> 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 Literally, just what are you talking about? That's white like bread. the low, low, low sodium ramen that I love. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Is there anything better? I, I don't think I have a more favorite food, and it's horrible for you, so I don't eat it often. Than good old chicken ramen. Chicken ramen is so good. It is so good. I got an important question that I want to ask both of you real quick, and then we'll get on with this. I'm going to tell you the answer. Wet or dry? Your ramen. Dry. I'm a wet guy. I eat it like soup. Oh, try always. So try. I'll eat it that way. I don't mind, but I if I'm want if I'm going to eat it to like get full, yeah. Like I want the the water, the broth. You know, uh, <clears throat> the first time I ever saw ramen noodles was our friend from college, uh, Alan. Yes, he had it with chicken that's his cordon second bleu. appearance in a row. I know chicken I know. cordon bleu. He he had a plate of chicken cordon bleu and ramen, and I was like, "How the fuck did you do was that?" It- was it one of those chicken cordon bleus like we used to have in high school? Ones, yeah. it, oh, I'm pretty sure. But when I saw it, I was like, that is so impressive. Yeah, like, what are you, like a wizard? What's going on here? <laughs> There's stuff in the chicken? Cordon bleu? And wait, hold on. What flavors the ramen? Get out of town, chicken! Get out! <laughs> get out right now! You know who uh, didn't eat a ton of chicken ramen? Our buddy Morris. <laughs> he was a popular well, hairdresser. He, he was busy eating Twiglets. Yes. Not only was he a popular hairdresser, he had spent years learning how to mix hair dyes, and he would brag that his dyes could never be copied. And literally, that sounds crazy. People came to him because he was really good at what he did. He said it took him three years to learn and perfect his craft at coloring hair. I want to see pictures of of the women that he dyed the hair of in year one. Yeah, right. So I why guess, is it falling out? I guess this was like. I mean, early, I get it's magenta, <laughs> but why is it falling out? I guess this was early on. It was saying when like th- that was still a a art form. You know, it wasn't like you went to you know in art. Form. Excuse me, sir. It, it really still was. Is. It has not changed. <laughs> 
to where even learning it when you're a hairdresser, you didn't go to the corner and buy the dye. You had to to formulate it, make it, yeah. and stuff like that. He was I just ahead of the game. I just bought the fucking bleach at Sally's and then bleached. That's the exactly fuck out of my what head. I did, and, and it, it hurt, hurt so, so bad. bad. Wow, it burned bad. I had blisters and shit. Like it was. It was. We're using it like get, you had to drink beforehand. It was an experience you were about to go. We're using it to bleach your hair or other, like your butthole. Like uh, you bleach your butthole still, right? Do I have to answer that? I mean, you don't have to, but okay. they'll assume. Can I tell a quick sidebar? Sure. First we don't time, do those on this oh, show. Funny, that's anal true. Funny anal bleaching story. Uh, <laughs> first time I ever bleached my hair, my best friend did it, Eric, and I was complaining. And we weren't drinkers. This was in high school. I didn't drink in high school. And I was complaining about the pain. Oh, were you Mormon? Uh, no, crazy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, not the same. I was complaining about the pain. And I kept bitching about it, about how much it hurt. And I had just a patch of chest hair, just in the middle mm. of my chest. Now my whole chest. Now, now you look like you know, Magnum P.I. Exactly. You know. Damn right. Literally, literally. I was about to make fun of him for describing that, and you went in deeper. No. Thank you. Yeah, speak, keep going. Anal bleaching story deeper. Go, go, go. Yeah. So that's all I had, and then he just threw it on there, and then I had a bleached patch of chest hair, too. <laughs> Did it hurt more or less on your chest than your scalp? <clears throat> less. I mean, my scalp hurts. I mean, you were just saying it. Oh, I did. Yeah, hurts. I did it a couple different times. Um, I was part of, okay, while we're on sidebar stories. I was part of uh, the Scholastic team. I was on the uh, mm-hmm. the the Nerd Bowl, mm-hmm. and um, and as I uh, we we did pretty well, and we got um, invited to be on this Quiz Brain Bowl Trust. TV show called Brain Trust. And I, although I was on the Scholastic team, I didn't exactly you know go around wearing polo shirts and such. I, I was a bit more uh, eccentric. I. I, I Dresses. Bought my <laughs> bought my clothing at like Hot Topic and Gadzooks. Oh, um, Hot Topic. And sure. so I had I had Jinkos on. I had a shirt that had some leopard print on it, and I let's uh, not search that up. It had a leopard print collar. That's true. And and sleeve like and, sleeve pants. Uh, and I think I was also wearing wingtips. The the original wingtips. Uh, wingtips had flames on them. They did not right. have no. They did not. They had those. They were, oh, our uh, buddy Nick had those. They were uh, Nick had white tip flames. They were no, white they were, and black yep. wingtips. Uh, oh, like uh, Doc that. Martens. But they, and, I was just gonna say, uh, but they had the military soul. Yes, they did. The Doc yes, Martin they did. Soul. Yeah. And okay. uh, anyway, I w- at the time I was uh, I bleached my hair quite often. Uh, and so I, I routinely went to Sally's and bought that blue goo. That's exactly what I bought. Yep. And Sorry. it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. So hurts. he shows up to be on Brain Trust TV show. Everyone's in their, their, what they were told, which is khaki pants and a polo. And he shows up in <laughs> Jinkos and a leopard print shirt with bleach blonde hair. No, but let's be, let's be clear. My Jinkos were khaki in color and the shirt technically was a polo. It had a collar. It did. So he couldn't get in trouble. He could just, you know, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll I did well about. I did I, well on the episode, for the record. They're like, this guy's not gonna. He's not gonna know anything. And I, I did okay. First of all, I used to watch Brain Trust. I think was it on PBS Saturday mornings? Yeah, yeah. I used nope. to watch that. Second, I was in Scholastic Bowl. We placed in state two years. Nice. Third, I have other stories about bleaching my hair, but the you know the the poor people at home are like, Jesus Christ, yeah. get back to the yeah. starlight. Yeah. So people would come, you know, like I said, he owned this place. His wife, uh, Eileen, had four daughters. They ran the salon, and people came from all. Did you, I don't know if you knew this. One of her uh, legs was shorter than the other. Shut up, dude. <laughs> he never went to college. He never had any real training in chemistry. It took Kevin a second. God, it took him a second. 
but I'm really happy I'm here now. Come on. <laughs> so Eileen and um, <laughs> it's not just a clever name. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Poor Eileen's in the world. They're like, no, I thought I'd escape this. I thought I was done with that in third grade. What the- yeah. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> Thanks for jumping in the pool, Brent. Mm-hmm. We appreciate I already it. said that a minute ago. You just missed it. I was too, too yeah. busy laughing yep, at my own yep, joke. Yep. I feel like you over here. You're welcome. See, it's fun. <laughs> Takes time off your life, but it's fun. <laughs> so to talk about is this being a hobby for him. Uh, there was a talk show host, Steven Reinhardt, back in 2009. He interviewed Morris Ward and... What Ward had to say about his background that led to Starlight was this. He said, I think I probably asked around a little bit, and I may have done a bit of reading, but I had to find my way around the type of material that we needed to use, which wasn't easy. I think it was my experience in hairdressing that really brought it together. We used to do coloring in the early days. I had done about 20 years hairdressing, and it took me about three years to learn how to do coloring. It was really downstream from that as to how I came about making up the compositions and the formulations in the actual materials which we've used in Starlight. So literally, he said, it was because he was a hairdresser, led him to this. Now, again, in your British accent. The eyes be a, a, a hairdresser. I don't know. You know I cannot do <laughs> so, British. sir, how did you... I have- wish everybody at home could see the physical manifestation oh, I, I, of Joe, that. Joe Peck always yells at me because I start, like, doing everything. Yeah. He starts dancing when he's doing <laughs> imitations. <laughs> so this guy was a tinker, and he liked to invent things in his spare time. This hobby led to him purchasing an extruder during the early 1980s. An extrusion of the process to create, an, like, a cross-section of an object's profile and a material is pushed through a die of the desired cross section, so you can study them. It cuts them out. You can you can see what you need to of an of a of a material. So I I've never seen an extruder. This description makes me think of the the um exhibit that toured around the country Body Works. Yeah, I, I went to that. You, I saw you went it. to is, Body Works. Mm-hmm. Is that at least is, I did? Is that what? We're talking about here taking no. a cross section. No, so Body Works was well. I mean, there were some of they those. were taking because uh, I a lot of the Body Works were also just everything was removed. So oh, I was thinking layer. of the cross section where where it took like fifty slides of a human being. They have that uh, in between glass at Body yes. Works also. They did. That's what I'm talking but, about. So if you look at funny, I know the name extruder because if you Google Brent Hand, one of the first things that comes up is Brent Hand Clay Extruder. And it's like a what? way to really? take like a, you like extrude clay from the ground. Yeah, it's weird. So it always comes up. But think of like a cross section of something so you can see into it. It cuts the die cuts into it. So what I'm talking about is is an example of that. It's just that's. I mean, what... the, I don't know. You know what? We're going to parking lot that. We'll come back to it. <laughs> Thank you. Parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so he said he has this. But after this purchase, along came the airline catastrophe that led to the invention of the material starlight. Yeah, so he was really bothered by an airline catastrophe that happened. I'm going to call a little bit of BS on that, but I'll tell you why later. Keep going. He was bothered by a a catastrophe that happened from his home country. The the catastrophe we're talking about was the Manchester air crash in 1985, during which 55 people aboard the plane died in just 40 seconds due to toxic smoke inhalation. Yeah, they didn't die from fire. Right. it It was about to take off. They heard a loud whap. The pilots actually were, were quoted as saying that they thought, I forget what it was, but they, that it wasn't a big deal. What mm-hmm. it actually was, was one of the engines failing. Mm-hmm. And it caught fire, and it helped the rest of the plane catch fire. And mm-hmm. But the reason these, you're on the ground, they haven't taken off yet, it wouldn't be a big deal. But that smoke was so toxic, mm-hmm. and it spread through that cabin so quickly that 55 mm-hmm. people died. So he sees this, and he goes, man, there's got to be a better way. Right. There's got to be a way to have fire returning materials that aren't going to kill people. So... He invents Starlight. 
And the thing was, is after he invented it, though, he was like, shit, I mean, it's easy to reverse engineer stuff. He didn't want to be able to sell his material directly without him or allow unsupervised research due to said reverse engineering. Well, he's looking at it thinking, I've made potentially one of the biggest discoveries in human history, certainly of the 20th century. I can't let someone steal this from me. Yeah, he wouldn't even patent it because he didn't want the recipe to come public. Right, you know? because if you patent something, you're you're forced to mm-hmm. give how it works. There really, been... every single patent. Absolutely. If I get a patent, then but, I could go. Speaking of cross sections, they break them down even like. And, yeah, and, you have and... to show everything. And um, where uh, could I see that? I'm sorry to interrupt. Google but, like, Patent, the U.S. Patent Office online. You can look up anything. That's and then patented. before that, it was just at the library. I could just go and see what a patent was. Like, literally, there's a patent for the first toilet paper, which shows which way you're supposed to put it and on. Thank God for that. <laughs> the thing about the thing about patents is you you, you have to conceivably you are protected. <clears throat> Because you have a patent now. However, if someone wanted to steal your work, they would go find the patent, look at the patent, and go, oh, well, we could replace that with this, mm-hmm. and it'd still virtually be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Is that's that like why generic people... stuff? Well, you can't patent a formula for medicine, so that's why generics come out after a certain amount of time. You know, so they're a little bit different, uh, but yes, okay, yeah, sorry. yeah. But Thank yeah, you, fluoxetine. So that's what they're that's what they're worried about. That's mm-hmm. what they're, uh, and that's why you know a lot of times you'll see people go to market big with a big investment, not have a patent. You go, why wouldn't they patent that? Because they know that someone, the moment they patent it, someone can just copy it, then technically mm-hmm. be within the law to do so. Yeah, interesting. So his big thing was too. He wants to get this out. He wanted. He said would only go into business with someone if he could keep 51% ownership of the formula for Starlight because like Shark Tank he valued the material to be worth billions and I don't think that was out of line not at all I mean that might be small but yeah Uh, if you watch Shark Tank you know why if you don't watch Shark Tank I'll explain it if you own 51% of your company you own control yeah and that's why they blame that on his stunted success you know is people like the government and these big industries are like, well, we already have stuff that technically works and <laughs> yeah, it kills people, but it works and we own it. Yours, you want to make more money than us. You know, is that greed? What is it, you know, that, that stimulates you to that? Well, the other side of that argument, though, is greed. He's the one who came up with it. They, they, they're lucky to get 49% of it. You know, they, but the, you know, something you don't really need. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Who knows? It's it's, I don't it's think, two sides of it. I mean, I know we can talk about opinion. We'll talk about opinions later. But I don't think it was greed in that he went to his deathbed having never sold it. Eventually, he would have been like, well, I'm getting old. Right. No, I think he never made any money off this. I mean, maybe a few shekels here or there, but I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not sure for you know, billions <laughs> or right. millions. Right. Um, so, yeah, because of that, and like you said, he goes to his, his deathbed. Starlight's now considered to be a lost invention, a technology that might have revolutionized the world of aerospace and everything else, and it just kind of went on to, you know, on to nothing. But let's actually talk about the stuff. So how was it? How could it have been used? What was it? So imagine a material that could resist temperatures of more than 10,000 degrees Celsius. Not only resist, but keep the material on the side of kind of just warm, 70 degrees Celsius. So what I'm getting at is there. That's 158 degrees Fahrenheit to us heathens. That's yeah, true. that's really fucking warm. So what it did is they took it on this show. This guy took a raw egg, coated it in starlight. He had it blown on it for over five minutes with this blowtorch. 
The guy turns off the blowtorch, picks up the egg, and puts it hot side down on his palm, and it does nothing. He just holds it there. Then he takes the egg, cracks it open, and the inside of the egg isn't cooked. Yeah, nothing solidified. Starlight. <laughs> so uh, let's, that's what he did. So we we mentioned earlier, like like let, let's you look dumbfounded, Kevin. Let's let's get into a little bit more. So I look it, normal? <laughs> no, no, no. We said that it went under test, and we'll get into the, more of this. That it sustained temperatures of ten thousand degrees. To give you some perspective, there, ten thousand degrees is hotter than the surface of the sun. Jesus. Or the blast of some nuclear bombs. We say some there because newer ones are much hotter. Yeah, Hiroshima, Hiroshima and stuff like that. Yeah, that was six thousand degrees. So it Celsius, could withstand yeah. a blast from that with without damage. It, the first, sorry, the first atomic bomb was six thousand degrees Celsius, mm-hmm. and it is laughable <sighs> in comparison to what we to have what we have now. today. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have How ones that are hundreds it, of times. That is. Terrible. Okay, go ahead. Terribly awesome. USA. USA. <laughs> so good job, Kevin. <laughs> we're saying it could it it could survive a nuclear flash that the thickest pieces of steel and any other polymers we've probably ever come up with could not. Yeah, it, 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 there are things that could withstand it. They're toxic, and this one was not. And this substance was based on a combination of twenty one polymers and copolymers with some added ceramics. It was still malleable. You could. You could shape it to whatever you needed. They did a they did a sixty minutes piece on him and mm. they interviewed him and 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 he showed the various forms that he had Starlight in. He had some as like cake powder almost that that could be added to things. He, they had some that was like flexible plastic. They also had very hard pieces. It it came in multiple fashions and forms to be used however somebody would mm-hmm. need. And another thing that it withstands heat three times the melting point of diamond. And when it's exposed to heat, it actually becomes stronger. It's bonding. The durability intensifies, they said. We're going to get to this, and I apologize, but it's just like, why did this guy not sell this for an immense amount of money? We are going to get to it. Okay. Somewhat, but exactly. And that whole name that you were talking about, Ilya's granddaughter named it, and she named it Starlight with L-I-T-E at the end. Well, she might have just said Starlight. She might have, or she might have named it and wrote it that way, like it said online, you goddamn heathen. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> now, on to how he made it. So, <laughs> he he began to try to mix different formulas of heat-resistant, non-toxic plastics, which he referred to as gubbins. G-U-B-B-I-N-S. Gubbins. And he was productive. He was very productive. He mixed almost 20 formulas a day. He was on a terror because he, all these people had died, so he's trying to figure out what's going on. And eventually he produced a formula that seemed promising, and he used the extruder he had bought years before to make it into sheets. Like you said, so shaving those sheets off like with, with people. <laughs> that sounds so terrible, but yeah. It's like people. Like people. And he tested with a blowtorch. Soil green is people. It's people. And he tested with a blowtorch, and it dissipated the heat perfectly. And he's like, boom, I got Starlight. Now he did more tests than that. And this invention gained publicity in 1990 after it was featured on this British television series called Tomorrow's World. That's where I told you they held the egg and they, you know, okay. they put all the, the heat onto there and boom, it cracks. Let's dive into the, the egg a little bit more. Just so we like, let's talk about the temperatures. This is this is nuts. Eggs begin to harden. They begin to turn white in your pan when they hit about 145 degrees Fahrenheit or those of you playing in Celsius, 63. Mm-hmm. The blowtorch was burning at 1,200 degrees Celsius or roughly 2,200 wow. degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. When they finished, as we said before, it was completely uncooked. Now, that's not the only material on Earth that could do it. 
It's the only one that's non-toxic. That's crazy. And if you look at the egg, it looks like it's just got like some powdered white coating on the outside of it. Yeah, no big deal. And they sat there and did, it was really an impressive segment for early 90s television. (laughs) They, They sat there and did like half of the segment with the blowtorch burning. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then went back to the egg, like it was one, one oh, old back to the egg. Sorry, Wings album by Paul McCartney. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. That's the whole reason we said it. Yeah, um, went back to the egg and then cracked it open. So it, it was like but on top of that, one continuous shot. I thought it was really cool too. The announcer turns off the blowtorch, picks up the egg, and puts it hot side down into his palm, mm-hmm. and it doesn't burn him. He's like it's slightly warm to the touch. That's how much it dissipated the heat, and. He also recreated this, you know, years later. It, it was on YouTube after that. It became a thing. And after Starlight appeared on Tomorrow's World, more than 3,000 inquiries flooded into this guy with people wanting to buy it, wanting to go to market with him, wanting to do something. And the uh, British Atomic Weapons Establishment, the AWE, they invited Ward to bring Starlight in for testing. They've been trying to develop a means to withstand a nuclear flash for over 40 years. And so Ward was initially against the idea. And he didn't want to fail the test. They talked him into it. And then he's like, hell yeah. And he gets he gets excited by it. Goes in because he was afraid like if it fell to nuclear test, people would go, oh, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> he's got so, high standards, yeah, man. He comes in and they had a cable covered in starlight. And it was subjected to light energy source at a temperature of 10,000 degrees Celsius designed to simulate an authentic nuclear flash under strict laboratory conditions. Which, again, that's that's hotter than the surface of the sun. Yep. So these technicians there took before and after photographs, and in the end, the samples were 100% completely unharmed. And an additional testing was done with NATO at the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, and they had starlight-lined eggs there, and they withstood both simulated nuclear flashes and a simulated full-scale nuclear explosion simulated, LOL. <laughs> and it appeared that starlight <laughs> was, at that time, what they said these these people at White Sands was rewriting the known rules of thermodynamics. Yeah, so an article appeared in the International Defense Review. In I subscribe. <laughs> You're religiously. <laughs> Every time I go to the bathroom, Brent, yeah. I see the International Defense Review. <laughs> Defense with a C, because it's British. In 1993, reported that additional tests were conducted at the Royal Signals and Radar Establish. R-S-R-E. And radar establishment, also known as RSRE, in Malvern. Starlight was bombarded with lasers that had the capability of burning through the hardest of polymers. When testing was complete, Starlight showed very, very little signs of damage. There were tiny little pits no wider than the diameter of the laser beam on the surface. But there was zero indication of melting. That's crazy. Every time they're doing legitimate tests... It, it's passing. That's what I mean. Like so many of these other uh, quote unquote game changing inventions were never tested. It was just like there's one picture somewhere on the Internet. Real scientists, real governments. Well, OK, so speaking of I, I, this is one thing, something I found really interesting. So this professor Keith Lewis, who was in charge of the, the a lot of the testings, concluded that Starlight had unique properties that appeared to be totally different from other thermal barriers that were available at the time. And like most of the other scientists. He had no idea how Starlight actually worked. He estimated that it was done of one of three ways. It was either repelling the heat almost 100%, absorbing it, or completely diffusing it. And he admitted, this he being Professor Keith Lewis, admitted that it was a complex process that could have millions of things happening at once, maybe all of them, now, all three of those things. I think, as our listeners know, mm-hmm. I am not a scientist. I, I will claim to be a scientician, <laughs> but not a scientist 
Scientific. I don't understand how it could potentially be absorbing it. Because if you absorb that much energy, wouldn't it have to diffuse somewhere? It Obviously, can't just be stored. You don't understand wormhole vortices in polymers. Uh, that's that's very sorry. very accurate. And and well, I'm sorry to, we don't have time to get into it. To be yes. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> to be the asshole ignorant person here. So they're saying that with starlight, it absorbed all of that heat. Well, they're and, saying that there's three changed. possibilities. It could okay. be all three at once. It, it, it could be repelling it, it could be absorbing it, or it could be diffusing it. I understand repelling, and I understand diffusing. I don't ab- understand absorbing, because when you absorb something, that energy has to go somewhere. It has to change. It, so energy it does slightly warm, so maybe that little bit was the absorption. Maybe that's why they're saying it, and I don't have that, that data. The, like, you know, the 0.01% was, was absorbed, the absorption. Yeah, because I they're saying there could have been millions of things at once yeah, doing yeah, yeah. all three of those. That I makes don't know. sense. Here's the thing. It worked. It worked. <laughs> Good point. You know, <laughs> that's the most worked. important part. The possibilities for starlight were literally limitless. Think of it this way. Better fire doors, safer furniture, uh, huge advances in aviation, fire resistance, aviation. Think of, like, you know, all those things that they put underneath the, the planes and, and the, or the space shuttle when it comes back in. Well, yeah, safer space exploration, all the tiles that have been blamed. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. yeah. That have been blamed, not, not only blamed, that are known to have caused all those fatalities. Think if you're a firefighter and you can just put the suit in and walk into the fire. And he literally, oh my and, God. and, and, you know, that, you and what you're talking about right now is one of the things that he, he talked about. Morris said, I have not sold this yet. There's a few reasons I haven't. The main one is I think it should be available to everyone. And I need to figure out the best way for that to happen. Because the internet you should be able to he said he said have your curtains your furniture mm-hmm. coated in this stuff so people don't die that way anymore yeah you put the powder in the paint and you I mean, know the guy's the guy is sitting there saying that not making a dime off of it that's it, it's hard to not believe him uh, and the other way too and to believe him in, in another a lot of people don't believe it existed but that's hard to say when well, you that's have a different conversation people. right yeah, yeah you know what when we come back yeah. let's go to break then let's talk what actually did happen when we come back on more Hysteria 51. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them and going on a few tangents. Yes. And it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope mm-hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. And a fistful of candy. Cook that bird and Doritos. The oven. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes. So subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. And we'll have all the updates there. A-Cash, A-Cash, A-Cash recommends. All right, so we got we got big old Morris Ward. He's got this invention. Starlight's big news. He's also got one heck of a hairdo. He does. His yes, he looks your like your right crazy does. inventor. He does. Look him up. Yeah, his phone's ringing off the hook. 
there's a huge number of potential investors. I mean, if you're a, this guy, it's got to be overwhelming. I would assume so. He was determined, though, to keep his formula a closely guarded secret and resisted patenting it. He like we said, he wouldn't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Any offers to receive a sample were all met with a symbol. Nope. The only one time did Ward allow a sample out of his sight. In June of 91, he gave one to the White Sands Missile Base. But the journey happened under security with the assistance of the SAS. They What's went, the SAS? The, that's the British Special Forces. Okay, got it. And so we all know what happened. Yeah. Great Britain has it now. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> And Ward would only accept joint ventures if he maintained 51%, like we said, or well, more and that control brings, of the project. That brings back up the patent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at government, like I, I make the joke about Great Britain has it now because the SAS had control of it for a short time. If you patent something mm-hmm. and the government likes it enough, there's nothing stopping them from just copying the playbook. Yeah, we learned that in Armageddon. Well, patents don't hold in space and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Wait, the film Armageddon? Yeah, documentary. Documentary. Excuse me. Sorry. Documentary. Yes. Argument. Correct. Big yeah. fan of that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Big and fan I of don't want to miss thing. Only so, number one uh, only. hit by that really not good band. Go ahead. Are you, by the way. Wait, wait. Are you serious? I am serious. You don't like Aerosmith. I'm not an Aerosmith fan, but I will say this. And and I'm sorry, John. Uh, I will say this. I'm not first, a passionate defender. I, no just, I, I wouldn't say that they are a not good band. You're probably right. Yeah, I but think I'm a little emotional about it. I will say the first thing that Aerosmith ever recorded, I'm down by the Beatles. Oh, oh wow. And they have they have a very bad cover of Come Together. You know what's really I've always found interesting about Aerosmith is Over me. Dream On, their their <laughs> first, you know, hit, which sounds nothing like Sounds Aerosmith. nothing like that. Sounds like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. It's crazy Oh, they how changed much it- their their the 80s came and they said, "Let's stir things up a little bit here." I think they yeah, really well, dream changed. on. I remember the no, first no, no, time no, no, no. I think I they're look at listen to Toys in the Attic and their early you know, like their seventies sound, then their eighties when they were more. No, you're like right. A hair you're you're, you're I mean, one hundred percent right. They changed their sound like three times. I'm simplifying better. it down to Dream On. But and you're, look, oh. when uh, boy, we've gone off on quite a sidebar. Yeah. When Get a Grip came out in '93, I think it was. Um, I was a big fan of them. I loved Eat the Rich. I loved oh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Living on the Edge. Sure. Living Brian? on the Edge might have been my favorite song of that year. Yeah, I, was, I loved it. That's not true. I was into grunge at that point. But, yes. I, it was very good. But, just... you, but you've since decided that they suck. All right. So I was a, I was a bit overzealous with, with, my, <laughs> with my use of language. <laughs> I will say that I'm not an Aerosmith fan. How about that? You know who was a yeah. huge Aerosmith Fair fan when yeah. you look back into it? Morris Ward. Morris Ward was. Yes, Mo. Let's just call him Mo. Yeah. So the other thing is, like we said, he would not let it out of his sight because of the, you know, he was worried about reverse engineering and he insisted that an agreement must be signed first before he would give them the, you know, it must have been so like it literally like, what is it? It's Thorbot bleach and Sharkleberry Finn Kool-Aid, like something like that, like where he's just like, you're going to figure it out and it's going to be too easy. So I want it. And and the thing is, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He doesn't know what about it is special. He, he, he openly admits that it could be one molecule off and they figure that out and it's all over for him. Yeah, exactly. So he, I, I understand his protective nature of it. The other thing that he said in an interview that he went into negotiations with Boeing. 
Boeing, NASA, British well, Department of Defense, but spe- all of these places. Specifically for a time period of six years, six or seven years, I'm, I'm forgetting which, that they asked to exclusively negotiate with him. So he said, okay. Every time, this is according to Mo, every time they would they would get to the 10-yard line and they'd say, you know what, we need to run a different battery test to see if it would work for this purpose. And then they'd get back to the 10-yard line. And you know what, we need to run a different battery test to see if it would work for this purpose. And because Mo wouldn't just let them have it, he had to you know travel with it and do everything yeah. with it and so on and so forth. And that took six years. He believed that they were holding him up on purpose, obviously. And so he eventually just said, you know what, I'm done with you and, and moved on. Now, who knows the, the validity of that? But that is uh, that is his claim. That was that those are those are words out of his mouth. Yeah. And they turned that around and gave him the bad reputation of being uh, an unreliable negotiator, unwilling to work with them. Things right. Like that. They, they made him seem difficult to work, which with. which he said, well, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself from litigation. I have the full utmost uh, faith in Starlight and supposedly. They say he asked for a million pounds one day, but up that price tenfold the following day. You know, so I want a million pounds for it. I want 10 million pounds for it. Now, he refutes a lot of that, and it's a lot of back and forth. The the thing about that is, even if he had, deal with it. Like, th- right. this is, this is, um, we, 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 sometimes we can see the problems with, uh, capitalism. In the world and in society, this is one of the best things about capitalism. If it's your idea, you own it. You came up with it. No one else has a right to it. They they don't. They have, the world doesn't have an inherent right to something that you've created. Right. And, and yes. he created it, so it's his right to say yes. Today, yesterday it was one million pounds, and today it is ten million pounds. And if you don't answer today, it's going to be a hundred million tomorrow. You're exactly right. That's true. Boeing, NASA. You know, British defense, everyone, they couldn't get to anywhere with them. Countless other organizations and contractors tried to go in negotiation with them, couldn't secure a deal. That, so everyone said he was terrible to work with, not just those. Everyone that worked with him said, we didn't go through because of him. That is the outstanding thing. They said he's a terrible person to work with and he's greedy one way or another. But you're right. He's greedy because he has it. So my whole thing, and I was going to, pull this towards the end, and I'm going to say it now. My issue with him is he says, I made this because these horrible, horrible death, this tragedy, these people died, and I want to help them. Then help them. You know what? And if you're not doing it for money, then release it. And if you want to make sure you get it out in front of everyone, the easiest way, put it on the internet and say, here you go, world. Here it is if you don't want money. And you know what? You probably could have set up some sort of trust and gotten money out of Not trust, but... Uh, 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 I don't believe that he had the best of intentions. I I don't believe he had the best of intentions because it died with him. That's a that's a good point. Maybe because he said, "I really want to help these people," and I real I realize that might have been the springboard that made him go into this. But I I take a lot of of issue with the fact that he was like, "Well, I'm not going to get the money I want, so I'm out of here." Counterpoint to that: He never said, "I created this for humanity." He said he'd like to. He he thinks that. Everyone should have access to it. In other words, it should just just shouldn't be one government. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone should have access to it. He never said you get. Everyone gets it for free. He he was clear that he wanted to make money off of it, and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. But he, I, I, I think he still but, though used those reasons in my mind. My point, my 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 overall general point about him and none of the other 
entities involved, whether they were corporations or governments, were doing anything other than pursuing their own interests. It's not like somebody else right. is coming in. So, of course, I, I would be defensive, too, against them because they're coming in and they will take advantage as much as they can. The problem is he played chicken with the wrong people, which were places that really, in the end of the day, didn't really need it. They wanted it. They didn't really need it. And he said, you'll give in. And they said, no, we won't. Bye. But didn't he uh, originally start to go after this after that plane uh, incident? That's why he said he, well, he didn't want to have a quote of him is, I never want to see something like that happen again. Okay. So why did it become something? Well, we, we, we'll get to we'll get to later whether we think it existed or not. Okay. But I think the I think the one thing we can all agree on. No matter intention or not, he was a bad businessman. You've got to believe that. In one way, he probably he probably had no business acumen, and he was a hairdresser. And, and he was so worried that people were going to take him right. that he didn't let anyone else in. That's exactly right. And I mean, in 2011, he passed away without ever applying for a patent. And he stated that some members of immediate family were aware of the formula, but they have never been any confirmation or denials of this. How old was he? Do you guys know? He died. He was 78. So he was elderly. He was older. Yeah. So he had lived a full life. And I, I, I was what I was trying to distinguish was I think he died fairly suddenly. Mm-hmm. The point being that it's not like he had uh, some form of cancer that he had six months leading up to his death where he could have disclosed it for now, the betterment of the world instead or something. He, instead, he had 21 years. It goes either way. You can look at it either way. I, I, I agree with you. We got this guy, Stephen Reinhardt, the talk show, and two years before he passed away, Ward seemed sincerely intent on releasing this plastic for what he said the right reasons. He didn't. Why? If helping is the real reason, I say, why is it hit away and probably lost? A lot of people will come out and tell you it never really existed. Well, there was a lot of tests done by NASA and places like that. And White NASA Sands tested Starlight itself. They said yes. yes they tested okay. something and they made their reports available. The head uh, there's there's an interview online of the head of NASA at the time, and I forget his exact title. It's not head of NASA, but and he literally says, "Yeah, we tested it. It we pursued it. It it's an amazing thing. I I can't explain it." Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works, mm-hmm. but I know that it does work. Okay, and what does NASA stand for? Oh. National assholes circling the atmosphere because they can't get out of the... So it's British <laughs> circling the sea becomes an ass. Yeah, you, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, I thought you knew that. Yeah. And the atmosphere is actually starts with a P because it's Russian. <laughs> okay, thanks for clearing that up. You're welcome. Me, guys. I See, appreciate the S goes, comes yeah. back into itself, kind of, and so, you know, British. They, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> so is there a hope still? I mean, he passed away. Well, he says, I gave it to my family members. There is still hope, maybe. So there's a Starlight Foundation. Maybe. And Chris Bennett is the founder and president, and Nikki Ward McDermott is the co-founder and vice president. Chris Bennett spent 20 years pursuing the dream of Starlight, trying to get it. After recording a Newsweek magazine article about Morris Ward and his miraculous invention, he searched the Internet, found the inventor, contacted him, and boom, he was going to England to meet him. So Morris and Chris became friends. They worked together for the next 17 years until his unfortunate passing. And since then, Chris has been working with Morris's daughters to realize the dream of Starlight and a safer world as what he says he wanted, where burn injuries and deaths are so greatly reduced at a price. At a fucking price. Yes. And again, and I, I don't mean to be a cynical person, but like... I guess you do. 
Well, I, I'm with you on this one. I, all right. I understand. You know, thank you, John. People <laughs> I mean, want to make money. Clear. Yes, you do. Yeah. People want to make money, and you want to do it. But you know, but I've tried to think of it this way: if I came up with this too, wouldn't I want to get paid a little bit? And you know what? Probably. But if you had said, "Give me five billion dollars," they probably would have said, "Okay," because they probably would have made more than that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. But know. what I'm sa- saying is, if we're going to go for the root of it from the 1985 plane uh, disaster, and he's like, "I don't ever want that to happen again," and then he says this, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, well, we'll watch yeah. interviews with him where people are talking to him about it. And he's just like, I don't want you taking from me. I don't want he's weird. He's very even in, when they're talking like we want to test it. Maybe <laughs> we'll see if I let you that kind of stuff. There, there's a few things that got in his way here. On the other side of that, the one thing worth pointing out is he's more than happy to have you test it if he is there. Right. Right. And but however he, you want. But he was fine. He, he was smarmy yeah. even to those people beforehand, you know, making sure they knew that, which most of them probably already knew that. But he, these are interviews from the 90s and stuff like that. So a few things got in the way. One of the things that people looking back on it say it, the 90s. It was that was, it, a it was just the time. It was a different time. It was, different it was time. a really time. different time. So a lot of people say guys the potential different time. The yeah. potential for Starlight was one of its bigger handicaps. It was such a big deal that people were like it's going to cost us money if we go to patent with this or if we you know what I mean because I can make more money with these other chemicals because I can make 16 different things to do the same thing that instead actually of one. Makes a ton of sense. It happens to <laughs> follow me here. It happens to pop stars. Follow the money. It it follow it, the money. It happens to pop stars. Pop stars come along that are really young and have so much potential, it could go in – oh, they could be in movies. They could release album after album. Then and they get you know, killed and replaced by a lizard person. Or an android. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. they could be – they could do so many different things in so many different ways and so many people are trying to get a piece. It, it winds up just blowing up and they do nothing. Right, right. If I may, unless sort of the Beatles and then they do all of that and then they – they break up and they go away and, and they're... And they're murdered by the government. I won't speak to that. That's upsetting. They assassinated me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say something? One of the first times I met Brent, uh-huh. years and years and years ago, I walked into a room and I had a I had a black armband on because George Harrison uh-huh. had passed away and Brent said, two down, two to go. And... <laughs> That's, believe that no no that's i remember that very fucking fresh and god damn it i don't know why i'm still here because you motherfuckers because i love <laughs> two, two to go that's a, that's a, I, like, I love them as much as the cubs pour one out for my homies man the other thing so you know it's it, like you said it, so many things out their money the other thing is difficult to deal with ward and because of the potential of the product, it was damn near limitless. He knew it. And so that was a double-edged sword. It was limitless, and it was limitless, and he's an asshole, you know, so people didn't want to do it. Also a great Bradley Cooper flick. Limitless, and they made it into a TV show. Not, Not so great. great. Yeah. yeah. So the $25,000 question remains, kids. Did Ward fool everyone? No, you just dated yourself there. $25,000 question. I thought it was $64,000. Or the pyramid. Uh, pyra- I love the fucking pyramid. pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch that yeah. I was, I was combining Clark. them, yeah. So, Still alive. Uh, did he fool everyone? Did he fool NASA with Starlight a hoax? I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. Evidence suggests no. Tests in the UK, tests in the US, government, you know, independent Boeing, all these places do it. They said it's real. Or, or at least they told us it was. But for now, we don't know for sure. Hopefully one day, maybe that yeah. 
if he really gave it to his family, what is the holdup? Right, what is the holdup? That's a great question. Let's just stop arguing and let's give all of us each one. 30, 45 seconds, 60 in your case, Kevin. I know it takes a while. <laughs> so um, painful. <laughs> let's give our opinion. Go. I want to believe uh, that this exists. I mean, there's there's video with that fucking egg and all that shit. Um, and I want to believe that uh, this guy had an actual passion from this 1985 tragedy with, with the flight. I want to believe that. And... Um, it could be true, and I could be missing all of it. I don't know. Um, I just want to believe that people, um, when when fear and um, anxiety and all those things are not in the part of it, I think people are good. And I want to believe this guy was a good guy who was trying to help, and maybe something else got in the way. And so as different to most things that we talk about that I've been involved in on this podcast – um, I just really want to believe that this guy maybe came up with something that would help people and something got in the way. I believe it existed 100%. I do because we, we've seen tests. We've seen things. Um, a lot of independent people came out and said, yeah, yeah, it existed. So one of two things happened afterwards. We'll pretend that it was true that he really wanted to help people. Either he got in his own way and he realized you know, how much money he was sitting on and greed took over and then greed gave way to animosity towards the whole industry and governments and everything and he said you know what then no one gets it or the flip of the coin he was told nope you're not giving this to the world and the governments the powers that be the nwo the reptilian someone said you're not doing this we didn't know this was happening until it's too late it came out guess what you're just going to say you're going to pretend you're greedy or we 86 your daughters and, and everyone you care about not to not to interject i just have to ask as a fan of hysteria 51 but like maybe ignorant so you're saying that perhaps the last thing he came up with this and then the reptilians came in and I, like, I that's my go to you know what i mean yeah. I, the repti- let's say the powers that be powers okay? that be sure Said we don't want that for one. You know, think big of, powers. Look at big oil, and the way that they take it. Reptile wins. Look at big Fatality. oil and the way that it uh, has affected the electric car industry or solar or, or things I like see. that. Yeah. Think of whatever. Yeah. I, uh, insert bad guy mm-hmm. that has control over things. Could have mm-hmm. told him shut your mouth, and you're also going to play scapegoat here and. I don't know, but stuff like that has happened before, you know, and so I don't know. I want to believe he was a good guy, but why didn't you just in my mind? And if he really gave the family, why don't they just go, you know what? We want the the world to have it. Here it is. And either sell it to someone or really just release it. I don't know, John. Brent chose this topic and I'm really glad you did because I didn't know a ton about it. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of research beforehand. This is a peculiar one because none of us are arguing whether it existed or not. I agree that it existed. Mm-hmm. I I don't, I, for in my mind, there's not a shadow of a doubt. And, and normally that's kind of the, that's kind of the start and stop in right, this show. Right. Or, like, did, was this even a thing? Mm-hmm. We all agree it was most likely a thing. What we disagree on is motivation and how it probably played mm-hmm. out. I think that, I, I guess I can kind of, through listening to his interviews, I can kind of see what, Morris was saying, even though he was very bad at saying it, and he was he and I don't disagree that he was a bad businessman. 
but I can see what he's saying. He's like, listen, this is for the good of the world, but I'm not just going to give it to these huge corporations or these governments that are just going to go profit on it. If anyone should profit on it a little bit, it should be me. And he's right about that. I agree with that. Now, I also think that he could have been better at it. He could have, you know, it's it's like the it's the classic lotto winner that doesn't get a financial advisor. Right. And, you know, the $50 million is gone in two years. Mm-hmm. He could have been better about it. I but think he don't know what happened to all my money. <laughs> <laughs> As you sit in a gold-plated Lamborghini. Yeah. Right? He could have done better. He could have made better decisions. But let's not also forget that he was a hairdresser from the middle of nowhere, New, or, <laughs> New England, from the middle of nowhere, England. He wasn't equipped to deal with this. He just found something that he didn't even know how it worked. But he did invent it, and he knew that he was due the spoils from that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had nefarious intentions. I don't think that he was a profiteer. I think he simply wanted control because it was his thing. And if any of us had a thing, we would want control of it versus Good someone luck. else having control of it. I like it when that. someone else uh, works my thing. But that's just me. <laughs> oh, I, just, I don't know. I, know. I don't know. Look at me like uh, that. And, <laughs> and ultimately, I think... That he might have lost a little perspective as the Boeings and the NASA's and the governments of the world, like, you know, just continually beat him down and try because they wanted that. And they're very good at getting what they want. I have to say, yes, uh, I I can't imagine having come up with whatever the fuck it was and then to have NASA just over and over again saying, hey, this, that, well, that the other thing. OK, probably, so it's pro- like this, probably less NASA and more Boeing, like the yeah, or Boeing, not anybody day goes yeah. by that I'm not inundated yeah. with people wanting what I have. Yeah. And so I, oh, I really? can't imagine it's it's much less. All the reason I'm on the show and I, I got to tell you, I. I like to keep it to myself. Uh, uh, good for you. It's better better for humanity that way. But Nation, that is what we think. Why don't you tell us what you think? That's right. Hop on Hysteria Nation. Go to Facebook. Search Hysteria Nation. You can let us know on there. Also, on our regular Facebook page, Hysteria 51 Podcast. Or you can go to Twitter at Hysteria 51 Pod. Real quick, we got a Twitter shout out this week. Jeremy McFarlane at J6Mac underscore Cutler. Huge thank you to you. Big, big fan of ours. Want to give him a shout out. We'd also love for you to leave us a voicemail. 773-669-7277. That's 773-669-7277. We're not going to play them this week. We have a few in queue. We got a bunch. But uh, this has gone long. Yep. Yep. And by the way, would you like a Hysteria 51 t-shirt? I know where you can get one. By the by. Where can you get one? Patreon.com. Oh, I was going to T-Public. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, T-Public. T Public, just search Hysteria 51. We got tons of new designs on there. I just put some new wrestling inspired designs. Instead of the NWO, John, we got the SWM, Stay Woke Meat Sacks. Stay Woke Meat Sacks. And uh, a few British themed shirts as yes. well for tonight's topic. For a few, I, I, we got at least a couple. We got at least a couple now. So chuck them out. Be excited. Bullet Club, if you're a wrestling fan, we got we got lots of stuff. I don't know what that Stay means. Stay Woke Meat Sacks. Yeah. Really. Sorry yeah, I'll show to interrupt, you. guys. Yeah. That. I'm going to buy one of those. The NWO, it says SWM. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can find all the links to these things if you're forgetting about any of them on Hysteria51.com. You can also find extra episodes on Patreon. Just look up Hysteria51 on there. We'd love to have you. If for $1 a week you get all, I'm sorry, $1 a month, not a week. Come on now. $1 a month you get all the extra content. Kevin, it's been fun. It's been real. Well, it's been... Did you bring my starlight? We're going to reverse yeah, engineer I, I that shit. I'm 
I don't know if you saw the way the light is reflecting off me. Mm-hmm. I'm just slathered in What are you, a vampire? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just slathered in starlight. I sparkle in the sun. I don't know about you yeah. guys. I'm diamonds. All the like good vampires the, do. Yeah, yeah, Twilight, those mm-hmm. motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twilight and the werewolves. Or wolf instead of wolf. I, I say wolf instead of wolf. Uh-huh. And uh, people did not like that. <laughs> people. One guy in particular joined Hysteria Nation, reviewed us on podcatcher sites. Like, dude, I'm glad I had that much impact on your life. He didn't like the way you said werewolf. I say werewolf instead of wolf. He didn't, werewolf. Brent doesn't get wolf. the L in there. And, it, and so uh, you know what's funny? Every I, time. Not every time. See, the thing is, after after Brent surfaced this to me, I said... That's interesting. And I, I listened to the episode again. I'm like, well, you did say it, but not every time. Sometimes yeah. he said wolf. Sometimes he said wolf. 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 Like the 1994 Jack Nicholson vehicle directed yes. by Mike Nichols. <laughs> wolf. Yeah, which was a weird one. He turned into a straight up wolf. Yeah, he did. Yeah, just he a wolf. He fell in a bathroom. Anyway, a little sorry. early to be drinking. I'm about to pee on think? you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that said, because John's going to take a piss. I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meat sacks. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. (laughs) Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.